The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good afternoon, and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. Good afternoon, and welcome to the Authentic Living Show. What do you want? I mean, really, what do you want? What's your grandest fantasy about your life? What do you want? You might be surprised to learn that a majority of people don't even know what they want. Why is that? Because we've been taught and have learned to put our wants, our desires on the back burner for so long that we've totally repressed our desires. Further, we get the method of attainment mixed up with true desire. And finally, we get wants related to all manner of addictions, trying to heal the past, trying to please, heal, or fix others, and all manner of bargains with the universe mixed up with true soul desires. So when it comes to fulfilling our lives, we often end up on the wrong path, pursuing the wrong happiness, and wondering why we haven't attained our goals. So really now, what do you want? This show is going to help you learn how to discover what you want and launch your plan to get it. So be here for the whole show. Okay, so let's talk about wants. Uh, first thing that happened along many years ago when most of us were about uh, knee-high to a tadpole, as we say in the South, uh, we were taught that our wants really weren't that important. And we heard our parents say it again and again and again and again. You can't have everything you want. You can't have everything you want. You can't have everything you want. So we learned that maybe our wants weren't really the most important thing after all. And so we pushed those away. And, of course, anything that you push away comes out in, other, in another fashion uh, later or, or uh, in a way that we feel out of control of. But, uh, and so, you know, our desires have a way of sort of making themselves known to us, but they don't really come out really clear so we can't see them. For example, if I've always wanted to be an architect, I might find myself, uh, you know, building things around the house all the time. Or if I've always wanted to be an actress, I might find myself always performing, um, always on. And so those are some of the ways that we can sort of let our desires sneak out on us. But here's the thing. When we tell ourselves that we, our desires are not important, when we listen to others who tell us that our desires are not important, what's happening is we are pushing away a sacred um, exercise of our truest, authentic self. The word God, uh, that w- the word that we have translated to mean God, Yahweh, Jehovah, has at a real base root the word desire. So the name of God is actually desire. 
So, you know, we can look at that in all kinds of ways that have to do with with our uh, sense of ourselves. So we say, well, that must mean God really desired to create humans. Well, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. We anthropomorphize God an awful lot. Uh, but what I, but I do, what I do think is that um, if desire is that sacred, that it is in the very name of the divine, well, I think then, you know, it's pretty important. Now, that's, that's the, uh, the Hebrew name for the divine, so that might not translate into all different religions, but it, it does translate into a deep spiritual sense of self. So, I would say if we investigated in those other religions, we might find something very similar. Nonetheless, we, what we do know is that our longings have a way of capturing us if we're anyway informed about our, uh, our feelings, our emotions. So, okay, so, um, you know, we want relationship. And people can say to themselves, so, you know, I'm not interested in a relationship right now. I don't want a relationship. And yet they find themselves getting on some internet site that for uh, finding a partner. Um, and, you know, why do they do that? And then somebody might even ask them, well, I thought you weren't interested in, in a relationship right now. Well, you know, I don't know why I do these things. Well, I don't know why I do these things. It's not an answer. <laughs> I don't know why I do these things. It says, I am not in charge of my life. I'm not in charge of my choices. Well, if you're not, then who is? It might be some repressed desire. Maybe you are, do want a relationship now, whether you are ready or not. Uh, so, um, when this thing about desire is, is um, kind of a catch-22, because on the one hand, we're trying to tell ourselves that we really shouldn't need our desire. Desires don't really matter. And on the other hand, we've got some desire, <clears throat> excuse me, some desire deep down inside of us pushing forward to make itself known. Uh, so, you know, if we try to implement that desire, consciously try to implement that desire, then sometimes we feel selfish. And if we don't try to implement that desire, then it's going to come out in some other distorted form. So we're sort of damned if we do and we're damned if we don't with regard to desires. On the other hand, it's very difficult for us to figure out what our desires actually are because they've been repressed for so long, because we've lived out of the shoulds, the have-tos, the ought-tos, because we've lived out of pleasing other people, because we've been all caught up in healing or fixing other people's lives, because we've uh, been involved in addictions of all kinds, because all, all, all kinds of reasons why. We, we're not, we don't really understand what a desire is when it comes up. One of the, one of the first things that, that we do with desire is we get it mixed up with the attainment or the, or the method of attainment. Um, so, for example, we say, well, I want to have, be a multimillionaire. Well, well, then I need to win the lottery. Okay, so what we say is, now I want to win the lottery. But actually, that's not what we want. We want the ultimate outcome. So I say this all the time. You've heard me say this on the show, and I'm going to say it again now. If I want the, the multi-millions, then I'm going to have to ask myself, all right, let's say I have the multi-millions. Now, what have I done? I've paid off my debts. I've taken care of my children. I've done some fun things. I've pay, I helped other people with my money. I've done you know, the kinds of things that I've wanted to do, and... So what do I have now? Well, I have this sense of peace and sort of autonomy. And so that 
was what I was looking for. I was looking for peace and autonomy. Okay, then. Now I know what I really want. So you see, what we're looking for isn't the lottery. It's the peace and the sense of autonomy. The lottery is just how we were going to get that. And that's the design we've, we've uh, made up in our own heads. There's lots of ways to get peace and a sense of autonomy without winning the lottery. Or perhaps you'll win the lottery. Who knows? So that's one thing. We get the method of attainment mixed up with the desire itself. So we don't really know what the desire is. And we're just looking for that, you know, lottery. And how come the gods haven't given me the lottery? And how come I don't have the multi-millions when really all we wanted was peace and autonomy? So the other thing is we get it mixed up with addiction. So I have a compulsion, a compulsion to, um, to, to have all the alcohol I want. Let's just make it real simple. I have a, I'm an addicted to alcohol. I have a compulsion to have all the alcohol I want, and that's what I want. I just want to, you know, keep drinking and be happy, and life is good, and that's all I really want. So, yeah, but. I don't really understand that that's really just a compulsion. It's not really what I want. It's a way of avoiding responsibility for my life, which will keep me from understanding what I want. And when I use the word responsibility for my life, I don't mean heinous, odious duty and obligation. I do mean that it's my job to fulfill my life. And if I'm not doing that, then I'm not fulfilling the responsibility for my life. And fulfilling my life is bringing me to joy, peace, and fulfillment of my desires. So, okay, so I can get compulsion mixed up with desire. I think my compulsion is desire, but it's really not. I can get healing the past mixed up with desire. So I might think that uh, I want to be the next CEO of this company, and I've just got to have that, and I've got to have it, and I'm working so hard to get it, and I'm doing all the right stuff. I'm kissing all the right parts of the anatomy. I'm I'm doing all the right stuff, but I haven't become the CEO yet. Why not? How come the gods have not allowed that to happen to me? Um, Well, I don't know why it hasn't happened, but I can say this, that... If I'm going at it from the perspective of, well, I was poverty-stricken and ashamed of that poverty when I was growing up, and I am never going back there again, and CEO is the best plan for how to make sure I never go back there again, well, then I've gotten that CEO again. It's the method mixed up with healing my past. Healing my past won't come from... You know, being so wealthy that I never have to think about being ashamed of being. Healing my past will be about healing the shame associated with my past. There's nothing wrong with coming from poverty. It's my shame about it that's the problem. So, um, so we, so we look again. We're getting the method mixed up with the with the uh, actual desire, but we're also getting our desire for a fix mixed up with real soul desire. Uh, we also get true desire mixed up with pleasing other people. You know, we, we want other people to be happy with us. We want them to look at us a certain way. We want to have a certain image in their eyes. And we've been working hard to hold that image up. And we want them to see us that way and to like us and to, you know, even admire us and put us up on a pedestal even perhaps. We, we want these things from other people. And we can't always get that from other people. As a matter of fact... It, 
one of the most difficult things in the world to do is to have everybody see us the same exact way. I mean, you know, there's people that are massaging image all over the world. I mean, every uh, actress and actor, every icon, every political figure has somebody who's trying to massage their image so that everyone will see them in one particular way, and that's the way that people, that they want to be seen. Well, it's not working because you can't control how other people see you. They see you from their own perceptions. They see you from their own needs. They see you from their own blind spots. They see you from all kinds of things that have nothing to do with you or what you're doing. So, you know, getting ourselves all caught up in whether or not we, our image is exactly the same among all peoples is really a waste of time. And yet, there are millions of dollars all over the world going into that very endeavor today. Uh, and it will continue as long as people think they can control the image other people have of them. Um, so we, we get that idea mixed up with our desires. I want to be seen as this really cool person instead of I want to fulfill my truest desires. Um, and, and so we're off into that where all our energy is going into making that image look right instead of uh, really finding out what we want. We also get uh, true desire mixed up with healing or fixing other people. Well, let me say this real clearly, and I've said it before you know, on this show, and I will say it again. We can't heal anybody else. We don't have the power to heal anybody else. We can offer them the energy. We can offer them the tools. But unless they say yes to the energy or pick up the tools and use them, they will not be healed. So all healing is self-healing. All fixing is self-fixing. So even Iyanla, when she goes around trying to fix people's lives, uh, she's not really trying to fix their lives. She's teaching them how to fix their own lives. And that, that is what is required of us. If we want to have the life we want, we have to do the work to get the life we want. And she will say that on her show, do your work. So, uh, but we can get that mixed up with desire. We can say, well, I want you to be better. I want you to be okay. I want you to be not drinking. I want you to be sober. I want you to be, be, be. And we get all that mixed up with, you know, what we're, what we're all about, fulfilling our truest self. For, you know, why is it that I need you to be okay? Probably because you being okay somehow makes me okay. And so I'm lassoing you into my desires, hoping that you'll fix me because I'm fixing you. It's a trade. So we get that mixed up with desire. And we don't know that we don't believe that's not even our truest self. That's not what we're just where we're putting all of our energy. And we think it, we get it mixed up with desire. We also get bargains with the universe mixed up with desire. And this is one of the most difficult things of all for us to continue with because we tend to think in terms of, of uh, what we hear in the spiritual world about the law of attraction. Now, you, you all know that I've written a book called The Law of Attraction, The Soul's Answer to Why It Isn't Working and How It Can. And in that book, I talk about this thing about desire. So if you want to read more about that, you certainly can get the book and, and you can get it as, as a Kindle book or an e-book or um, just a paperback as, you, uh, as well. But the, the idea here is that when we talk about bargains with the universe, what we're saying is, if I do this, then the universe will give me what I want. And anytime we get into that kind of bargaining, 
we are tricking ourselves into believing that we can somehow get the gods of the universe to do what we want. And I just have to say, whatever it is that whatever it is that the divine is, it's not trickable. <laughs> it's not something that we can uh, get to get on our side by doing some kind of thing it wants. I mean, we've been thinking that way for centuries, though. We've been thinking in, in terms of, you know, um, if I give God the sacrifice, then God will take care of me. If I sacrifice my wheat, then I'll have a good crop. If I sacrifice this, uh, this, this calf, then I'll have a, a, a lot of young calves born this year. If I have... If I, if I set this thing up, I'll win the war. If I put an altar to a certain god, I'll win this war. And so we think in terms of that since, since the beginning of time, that we have to give the gods something before they'll give us anything. And that is nowhere in the sacred literature that I can read. Nowhere. Uh, so that idea that we're going to bargain with the universe and it's finally going to give us what we want is false. And so we say to ourselves, uh, I'm going to get busy doing what the universe wants of me, and then it'll give me what I want. And we get so busy with that that we haven't even really clarified what we wanted in the first place. And that's why I think in, 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 the, in, the, in the Bible, Jesus says, uh, put first the kingdom of heaven and all these things will be added unto you. And like statements are made in the Bhagavad Gita. And uh, so what we're, what we're saying here is that this, this idea that we should be able to get the gods on our side to give us what we want is false. And therefore, we're putting false energy into it. Therefore, we won't get clarity about what's true inside of us. So those are the things we can get mixed up with desire. But desire is something very deep inside of us. It comes directly from the soul. And it is not a compulsion. It is not an impulsion. It is not uh, trying to hold up an image. It is not an addiction. It is not a method. It is not anything but just pure soul desire. It's, this, it's very similar to, you know, trying to get hold of what desire is and isn't. It's very similar to trying to get hold of what an emotion is and isn't. So you say to someone... Well, how do you feel about that? Well, I don't know how I feel. Okay, so well, let me ask you some questions, see if we can sort of get to a bottom line here to, 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 to get to some kind of emotion. Um, and, and so I might call anger acting out. I might say, well, when I get mad and punch a hole in the wall, that means I'm angry. If I haven't punched a hole in the wall, then I'm not really angry. Well, we're getting the behavior mixed up with the emotion. We had a feeling before we ever hit that wall. So it's the same kind of thing. We get our desire mixed up with all kinds of external things that don't have anything to do with what we really feel inside of us. And it's very hard for us to actually name our desires and give it, give it words sometimes. We just have this longing and we, we don't know what it's for. So we need to get clarity about that. And that's what this show is all about is to help us learn how to get clear about what it is that we want so that then we can launch our plan to go get it. So you're going to want to stay tuned for this show. It's going to help you figure out how to get in touch with your desire 
yours, not mine, your desire, and then implement a plan to go after it. So we'll be back right after the break to talk some more about that. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Ask Theo Live is talk radio like you've never heard before. Following her near-death experience, world-renowned author and spiritual medium Sheila Gillette became the direct voice channel for Theo, a consortium of 12 archangels. Through this unique channel, Sheila and her co-host Marcus Gillette present you with an opportunity to speak directly with Theo live on air on any topic you wish to discuss, including receiving authentic messages from deceased loved ones and angelic guides. Get the answer you need by tuning in to Ask Theo Live Talk Radio. Tuesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. In unified consciousness, we are all part of the spectrum. As individuals interconnected, there is no time, no space, just the all. Listen for Conscious Conversations with Joan and Janet, featuring hosts Joan Newcomb and Janet Barrett. Each week, Joan and Janet will provide new focal points for you to resonate with and explore. Their passion is to support your evolutionary growth and change. Conscious Conversations with Joan and Janet is broadcast live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. All day long, we sort out clutter in our minds and bodies, all the while trying to find that healing modality that will work for us. Tune in to Inner Mission with host Patty Campbell. Each week, we'll explore a deeper spirituality and the healing process. Everyone has the capability to heal themselves. Let us help you find your capability in the hopes that you will pay it forward. Intermission Journey to Wellness is broadcast live every Thursday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1 866 472 5795. That's 1 866 472 5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthews.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Welcome back to the Authentic Living Show. You know, the Authentic Living Show is sponsored by the American Institute of Holistic Theology. AIHT offers degrees in interfaith and interspiritual educational programs that enable you to not only find your own authentic spirituality, but to bring your unique gift to the world in service upon graduation. At AIHT, you can get a master's, doctorate, or ministerial bachelor's degree, and the doctoral programs are broken down so that you may get a PhD, a doctor of ministries, or in the Holistic Theology program, a Doctor of Theology degree. The programs in which you may get these degrees are Holistic Theology, Holistic Health, Holistic Ministries, Metaphysics, and Parapsychology. 
These courses offer depth and meaning to not only your own spiritual search for truth and meaning, but to your capacities to bring your healing, loving, guiding gifts to the world. The population of students includes doctors, lawyers, healers, nurses, ministers, counselors, psychologists, social workers, nutritionists, herbologists, homeopathy practitioners, psychics, mediums, and many others who have a special gift but need to learn to hone it and to credential it. It also includes students who simply wish to enhance their own profound spiritual journeys. What's most important to AIHT's model is the exploratory nature of the studies that reach to the depths of all the world's religions, traditions, and paths, and even to transcend them to find the mystical core of them all in order to facilitate your own journey to your own authentic spirituality by utilizing as your text writing teachers spiritual experts from all over the world. You can learn more about what's offered by going to www.aiht.edu or if you'd like to talk directly to our admissions director, call Beverly Love at 800-650-4325. Again, you can go to www.aiht.edu or contact admissions at 800-650-4325. You know, Oprah says education is the key to unlocking the world, a passport to freedom. Call and get your passport today. And so today we're talking about desire. What is it that you want and how to find out? We've talked in the previous segment about all the many things many things that we get confused with desire and how we put our energy into going after that thing that we think is desire when really it isn't desire at all. And uh, so if you missed that segment, you might want to go back and hear it when, the, when, the, when it gets on the archives. But for now, we're going to move forward. Uh, what, what I want to talk about first is the whole thing of ownership. You know, we... We don't really understand ownership. We, we don't understand boundaries and we don't understand ownership. And the reason we don't is because we've been taught that we are supposed to sort of flood into somebody else's life and hang on to them as a part of uh, ex- uh, being here, as a part of survival. We've been taught that there, there is either we rebel against other people or we just hang on to them. We come from families that are either very distant or very enmeshed and some or some gradation in between. Of course, the healthiest families have a mix of both. But the, in the distant family, it's everyone for himself. Everyone's uh, uh, on his own. There's no help. There's no guidance. There's no, uh, there's no love. There's no physical expressions of love. There's no emotional or verbal expressions of love. There's just not much connection there at all. So you're just kind of on your own, and you just think that's how it's supposed to be. In the enmeshed family, on the other hand, you're, you're totally enmeshed in other people's stuff. So you have to think like they think and believe like they believe. You have to have the same religions and the same politics and the same football team if you're from the South. Or you have to have the same ideology, the same values. You have to dress like them. You have to think like them. You have to, if dad's a lawyer, you have to be a lawyer, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, now I've described that in the extreme, and of course there are gradations uh, that are a little bit slightly different from that. But basically it means that you betray the family to the degree that you are different. And um, we all have a little touch of that in our society, in our culture, particularly in the Western culture, where difference is thought of as just, you know, to be mocked, to be bullied, to be... um, you know, thought of as less than. You know, the thing, the worst thing you can be is be different. 
I remember when the word nerd first came out, everybody talked about, you know, oh, he's a nerd or she's a nerd, and nobody wanted to be with them, and everybody wanted to put them aside. Now, it's kind of a cool term because everybody has been a nerd at some point in their life, which that's a great transition I think we've made, and I think all of these things will eventually transcend uh, the, the, the categories we've placed them in because they don't fit. There are no categories for people. Everybody's different. So, you know, this whole idea of ownership gets real blurry in that whole mix of either I'm rebelling against you uh, and, and I've betrayed you or I've got to be just like you or I, I'm not connected to you at all. And, and all of those have to do with an otherness. There's not a centrality of ownership there. There's not a I own me and that's all I can really own. That piece is what we're missing. And because we're missing that piece, we have all kinds of dysfunctional behaviors and thoughts and feelings related to all these ways that we're supposed to be connected to other people or not connected to other people. And that's how we live. That's how we think we survive. But here's the deal. Ownership means I belong to me. I don't belong to you. I don't owe you anything. I don't, I, I don't need to rebel against you. I don't need to be for you. I just belong to me. That's ownership. And when we think that way, however, because we've come from enmeshed families and distant, discordant families, we tend to think, oh my gosh, that makes me a selfish person. That makes me not connected to other people. And so I just can't think that way. That's awful. Now, who, who thinks that way? Well, the people who think that way are the people who tell themselves the truth because the truth is the only thing that I can own is me. The only thing that I can absolutely 100% own is me. And if I'm not in the business of owning that, then I'm living half alive. I'm not really here. I'm doing things and thinking things and feeling things out of some other external connection rather than an internal connection with myself now i'm not um dismissing external connection definitely has a place but that comes after i've owned myself once i've owned myself then i get to pick and choose who i will connect to and how long and how often so that that thing about ownership is real important now what does that got to do with desire well this if i don't own myself then i'm less likely to find out what it is that i want so the first step in discovering what you want is to own yourself. And now I'm not saying just your life because your life is what yourself has created. Yourself is an entity inside of you. It is a beingness inside of you that you can tap into and become acquainted with through your emotions, through your original thoughts, not necessarily the thoughts you gather from other people, but your your original thoughts. And from uh, exploring your dreams, from looking at your imaginations and what comes up out of that, from getting acquainted with uh, the things that you do, paying attention to that rather than just, you know, blinding ourselves to what we do, living out of a shadow aspect of ourselves, we definitely can find, can learn to own ourselves. And then once we've owned ourselves, then... We can take responsibility for our lives. And by that, again, I don't mean odious duty and terrible obligation. I mean that now, oh, wow, life, that belongs to me. Okay, now what do I want to do with it? 
it's kind of like, you know, you open a present and it's this thing you've always uh, thought about, you've wondered about, been curious about, but you're not quite sure what to do with it. So you open it up and you take it out and you just decide you're going to discover it. You're going to discover every little nuance of it. You're going to put your energy into that. That's what it's like to, to own your life. So uh, ownership is very, very important to, to finding our desires. Okay, so the next thing is naming it. Once I have a desire, I need to be able to name it. I need to be able to give it a name. So I've got this longing for uh, I want to move back home, let's say. I want to move to San Francisco. Let's just say that. Um, um, I need to move back home. And I've spent all of my life just, you know, wondering why it is I can't move back home. Well, okay, well, let's, let's play with that for a minute. What does home represent? What is home? Well, home is the place where I got to be me. Home is the place where I was loved and nurtured and, and I had friends and there was beauty all around me. And, and, you know, people liked me and people took care of me and attended to me. And, yeah, home was... A place where I got to own me and be me. Okay, well, now we're talking about something more close to what you really want. You want to own your life. You want to, uh, to, uh, to have beauty around you. You want to be loved, and you want to, uh, to be connected to other people. Okay, that's attainable right here, whether you move to San Francisco or not. So you see, that's one of the things we can do with that. And... And uh, you may eventually also move to San Francisco. That's all fine, too. But the point is to be able to attain our goals in the right here, right now. Not to say, oh, that's off somewhere in the future. Um, and so, therefore, I have to bargain with the gods to get it. Uh, so that naming my desire means I have to say, well, oh, okay, what I want is freedom. I want Freedom, and I want connection all at the same time. I want to be able to be me, and I want to be able to have you all at the same time. Well, that is definitely something you can work on right here in the here and now. I see that problem all the time in relationships with couples when they come in where one or both members of the the relationship believe that the only way to have the relationship is to give up themselves, and the only way to have the self is to give up the relationship. And we have to learn that there's a way to have both. So, um, so we have to be able to name our desires and then and then finally we have to be able to to figure out um exactly what our desires are telling us about life and about our life one of the games i play to help people get in touch with their desire is called the after everything else is gone game so you imagine that you are uh that you have a house and a family and a car and a 2.5 kids and, you know, all the money you want, et cetera, et cetera. And you've got all that. And then a big tornado comes and just rips all that away from you. You don't have any of that anymore. You don't have a family. You don't have a car. You don't have a house. You don't have a income. You don't have a job. The tornado hits your place of business, too. You don't have anything anymore. Now what do you want? Well, the first thing that most people say is, I want all that back. <laughs> I want to have all that back again. But actually, after that kind of a loss, typically what happens is we we have to go through a pretty big grief experience, grief experience. But we also um, have to. What happens is we begin to shift insides. Things begin to shift out, and 
and balance out differently than they were before when our when our life was caught up in the externals. We begin to let go of things that really just don't matter anymore and to begin to be able to take the risk to grab hold of the things that really do matter. And that is why we play the what if everything what uh, after everything else is gone game because uh, it doesn't sound like a very fun game, does it? But it actually helps us think through, if you had nothing, what would you want? Um, and and so when, we, when our, we, we strip ourselves naked, and that so often has to happen to us before we get who we are and what we want. You know, you hear about these instances where people just lost everything, and then that's when they woke up to, oh, okay, well, here, now let me have the life I really want. Um, people get older. They've they no longer are raising children. They long maybe they've lost a partner. Maybe they've divorced. Maybe they've changed jobs a few times. May you know they've had this long life experience, but now it's kind of like yeah I've done all that. I've had all that. Now I want to do what I want to do, and that that's what I'm talking about. Is that place where we go to of emptiness, where we just clear out all the garbage so we can see clearly. Okay now. What do I want? And that helps us clarify, okay, this is what I want. These are my truest values. These are the things I want to spend my time doing. Um, And we don't have to go through the terrible loss to get clear. We get clear without it. So, you know, it's a little bit like the experience that is encouraged very often through meditation um, in uh, in Zen Buddhism uh, to to die before you die. To allow yourself to just let go of everything, and what happens is you get really clear about what's important and what's not. And um, so, when we when we allow ourselves to play this game, we allow ourselves to to shift into another mindset that isn't about the externals. And if I don't have that thing I want, I'll just die. Well, then you find out that you don't have that thing you want, and guess what? You didn't die. Now what? So the, that's an important way of sort of trying to figure out, um, you know, what it is that you want. And, and, and in so doing, then you have to be able to implement a plan. Now, that, that's a little bit trickier. So we're going to spend some time in the, in the next segment talking more about that. But for now, what we've said is we need to own our lives we need to be able to say, this belong, this life, this body, this essence that I am belongs 100% to me. I'm in charge. Now, I'm not saying that my conscious self is always in charge. My unconscious self is just as much in charge as is my conscious self. But in discovering at least some pieces of the unconscious, we, we take greater ownership of our lives. And that's why I encourage people to to pay attention to their dreams and to listen to what's going on with the dreams so that they can get the message. What resonates with you about that dream? Not, Don't go look in a, in a dream dictionary because, no, that's not going to tell you. Your resonance is going to tell you. Um, and, and, and so paying attention to your dreams, paying attention to the unconscious messages, the, imagine, the imagination, what just comes up in your daydreams, these are important things to know so your unconscious becomes more conscious. Okay, so that's a little bit about how to get in touch with your desire. Next uh, segment, we're going to be talking about how to go after your desire, how to make a plan that you can actually live with to go after your desires. So be here for that. 
back in just a minute. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. With the divorce rate staggering in the Western world and a majority of men and women sleeping with someone other than their spouse, we need to look at relationships and marriage from another point of view. Listen for Contract for Love with your host, Lori J. Contracts are the best way to protect ourselves and our children from a society of broken marriages. You'll learn more about relationships than you ever thought possible. Tune in to Contract for Love every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave. Are you moving at the speed of everything else? If you are, then you probably don't seem to have the time to connect to your inner spirit, voice, and power. Haven't you wanted to connect with yourself again? Tune in to Intuitively Speaking with host Shauna Gulbrand. You'll be empowered to get reacquainted with who you are. You can find your sense of purpose, learn and heal with Shauna. This awareness can affect your life and those around you. Intuitively Speaking airs live on Mondays at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. On the program Inside Out, our outsides match our insides. Join host Beth Green along with co-host James Maynard for an insightful weekly journey that lets us all be real with no boundaries. We'll discuss current events, interview amazing guests, challenge old ideas, and see ourselves and our world more clearly. It's about you as much as us. So you're invited to call in, write in, and most of all, tune in. Listen for Inside Out, live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthews.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back with the final segment today talking about what is it that we want how we can discover what we really want and how to launch a plan to get it. So we've talked about what it is that blocks us from understanding what we want. We've talked about how to find out what it is that we really want. And now we're going to talk about how to launch a plan, a successful plan to get what we want. Okay, so now let's say you've discovered that uh, you want peace. Let's, let's say that's it. You want peace. And um, you want that in your home, you want it in your business, you want, it, you want it externally, you want it internally, you want peace. So I would say the first place to really uh, push on that is the internal, to, to really say, okay, I'm going to have peace internally, so let me meditate, let me open myself to receive the peace that is already there inside of me, let it be able to spring forward so I can see it, because it's always in there. Uh, we just ha- we just don't pay attention much to it, 
And so spend time in meditation. Maybe you want to do that in the morning. Maybe you want to do it in the evening. Maybe you want to do it twice. Maybe you want to do it three times. Some people say that they spend hours and hours in meditation. Maybe that works for you. Maybe it doesn't. It really is yours to decide. If you find yourself getting into shoulds about what you're going to do with that, um, you're on the wrong path. This is not about shoulds. This is, there's nobody who can tell you how often to meditate or how long or how to meditate. Uh, meditation is, is very personal, and um, there's not a how-to. Just like with very uh, many other of the things that are the, of the mysterious soul, there's not a how-to. So when somebody says you have to sit this way and you have to hold your hands that way and you have to do it for this many way, uh, uh, minutes and you have to uh, breathe this way first and you have to do – no, you don't have to do all that. Uh, you can lay down, you can sit up, you can have the position, the lotus position or not. You can, ha- you can uh, try to be mindful, you can try not to be mindful. Really, the meditation is a very personal journey. But the most, the most important part of meditation is that you open yourself to looking inside yourself, being inside yourself, and sitting with what is inside of you. And that is what sitting is all about. So... Uh, if you're doing that, then um, you you will have peace. And so that, that peace you've pushed on. Okay, so now, what do you do about the external? Well, you can't control other people, right? So we have to figure out one of the things in launching a plan is we have to figure out what we can do and what we can't do. Um, and what we can't do is control other people. We can't get them to stop talking loud. We can't get them to stop fighting with us. We can't get them to stop anything. They're going to do what they do. We can, however, decide where we want to be when they do that. We can decide where we, how much proximity we will have to a person who explodes frequently and you know makes for no peace. Uh, we can do that. We can. Do we need to be away from them entirely? Do we need to leave the room every time they start that? What do we need to do to get our peace? Okay, that is your job. If you're, if it's your desire to have peace, it is your job to get it for yourself. It is not your husband's, your wife's, your mother's, your father's, your children's job to get that for you. It is your job. So if you're not about the business of making it happen, it ain't gonna happen. Okay. So uh, let's be real clear about that. And the other thing that is really important to know here is that we're not gonna get that uh, peace by just thinking it's going to come to us. We're not going to get the money we want or the house we want or the car we want or the externals we want just by thinking positive thoughts and they're going to come to us. I'm not, and now that I've said that, I'm going to put that aside for just a minute and come back to the peace, okay? So in relationship, how will you have peace? You will create the boundaries that need to be created so that you are not uh, embroiled in a bunch of stuff that isn't peace, um, you will uh, begin to think about your work. What is your work giving you peace or is it giving you turmoil and anxiety? Um, are you filled up with shoulds about your work? Are you, are you doing your passion? Um, these are the questions that we can ask when we start on a journey to attain our goal, our desire, which is in this case we've chosen peace. Um, so, now I'm asking myself the right questions and I've got to give myself answers and then I have to follow through. Follow through is everything. Without the follow through, it ain't gonna happen. Okay? So, um, we, so 
okay, so you decide, you know what, that job is just filled up with shoulds and have tos and it's not my passion and now my passion is really to do X, Y, and Z. And so what that means is I guess I'm going to have to figure out a way to get out of that job that I'm in and go do the thing that I want to do. That might mean that I have to go back to school. It might mean that I have to uh, uh, pursue, uh, 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 you know, try to make my skills transferable so that I can go over to this other new kind of job. It may mean that I need a special kind of training. It may mean that I just decide that I'm going to, you know, quit one job and start my business of my own. That's a leap. Um, then you have to figure out, the okay, well, uh, the, what's the transition going to be like? Is that going to be peaceful for me? You know, am I going to be constantly worried about money if I make it, I'm taking a big leap? So the goal is peace, remember? Don't forget the goal. The goal is peace. So you do the things today, today, today that are going to give you peace today, not in the future, today. So that's that's the way we need to think about implementing a plan for our desires, a plan that can be implemented today. So yes, it may be true that you won't get that job after you till after you've had the education and then you put in for your resume everywhere and finally get the job. But uh, today you can have the peace because you've created the boundaries and you've decided on the path. Today you can have peace. Uh, so that's what I'm talking about. When we try to implement a plan, it is a plan that we can implement today. And I've said that about 14 times now, but I really need to make it clear. We are not implementing a plan that's just about your future. We're implementing a plan that, can get, that can, you can do something about it now. All right. Now, I want to go back to what we left on the burner a little while ago, the thing about the law of attraction. In my book, The Law of Attraction, The Soul's Answer to Why It Isn't Working and How It Can, what we discovered is that the reason it isn't working is because we can't bargain with the universe, A, and B, uh, the reason it isn't working is because we uh, have to put our whole selves into the fulfillment of our desires. So when we say, if I get a vision board going and I think positive thoughts, then I will have what I want. And, oh, wait, wait, I've left out my feelings, so I have to think positive thoughts, and I've got to feel positive feelings, and I've got to get a vision board going, and then the universe will give me what I want. Where's your body? Where's your body in all that? Is your body doing anything about your desire? No, it's sitting there waiting for your thoughts and your emotions and your vision board to, to kick in. No, your body has to be in the picture too. Your soul has to be in the picture. Your mind has to be in the picture. Your heart has to be in the picture. All of you has to be in this. That's why it's called fulfillment because it uses every part of you to fulfill it. So you're not going to get what you want by, uh, by sitting there and thinking about what you want. It doesn't work that way. Uh, unfortunately, we were misled with regard to that, with regard to the law of attraction. Now, I'm not saying there is no law of attraction. There definitely is a law of attraction. Uh, but it is related to our soul, not to, you know, deciding I want to have a car, so I'm going to manifest a car by thinking positive thoughts and feeling positive things and getting me a vision board. That, we're, we're, uh, we've, we've been misled about that. And unfortunately, the only stories we hear are of the people that actually were successful in, seemingly successful in doing this thing. We don't hear about the millions of people out there who are struggling every day to implement this law of attraction 
through the hocus pocus of thinking good thoughts and and feeling good feelings and um, making a vision board. Um, all that happens then is we repress all the so-called bad thoughts. We repress all the sad, so-called good—I mean, bad feelings. We and and we put up a vision board and we imagine it on a daily basis. And we don't just imagine it because it's a natural imagination that's sort of organic and just comes forward. We imagine it because we're working our brain, pushing our brain. Who is pushing the brain? The conscious. Uh, understanding of myself. So what's happening is all the other stuff is going into the unconscious. So what's happening with that? It's sitting in there as an energetic force that's going to come out later in some other way that we don't understand. So this thing that we're doing is not working. And so many people are saying, what's wrong with me? How come I can't get the law of attraction to work with me? But actually, the there's nothing wrong with them. There's something wrong with the law of attraction as we've come to understand it. The law of attraction actually is that we are attracted to and by all of those things, places, people, events, and circumstances that are going to bring us closer and closer to understanding who we are as divine beings. That's the point of the law of attraction is to get us in touch with our souls. It is not to get us in touch with the car. Seriously. So, um, uh, so not that you can't have that car. I am certain that you can have that car. But that's not what the law of attraction is about. So you have to put your body in gear. Your body has to get about the business of doing. That means you have to speak your boundaries. You have to s- continually keep that boundary up. If you don't want to have fighting people in your space because you want peace, remember that's what we said we wanted, then you've got to get enough space between you and them to make sure they're not in your space. That's not their job. It's your job. So you've got to create that and you've got to hold that and you've got to maintain that. That means saying no. That means putting your body into the action. That means doing something about it. Okay? So it's not just thinking and feeling and making a vision board. It is doing, a lot of doing. And uh, so if we say, if we change the goal from peace to, uh, you know, uh, self-discovery, then I'm going to need the space, the time, the energy, the focus to really hone in and discover myself. Um, Again, uh, uh, if I want a car... It's generally because that car represents something else inside of me, and that is the truer desire. If I want a job, generally because the job represents something else inside of me, and and I need to know what that is. So these external things we think we want really have to do with something else deeper inside of us that we actually do want. Um, So uh, when it comes to fulfillment of those desires, it's going to mean putting our focus on the doing behaviors that will create the space, the time, the energy, and the focus to actually have what we want, not tomorrow, but today. So I, 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 want, to, um, I want to talk about this thing about the law of attraction just a little bit more. When we, when we decide that when we really do get clarity and we decide that we're going to go after some goal, some desire that we really long for, um, that decision is a commitment to myself and to whom I'm going to, who I own and who also owns me. And I'm going to, um, and it's not based on discipline because actually discipline is a big nothing until you actually do something. You know, we don't, we can't, we can say we have the discipline 
we did it to yesterday and today and oh yes i've got discipline what about tomorrow i don't know so who knows who's got discipline I, discipline is a big nothing word to me but we can we can say that i'm i really am today committed to bringing peace to myself today one of the ways that uh, the recovery from addiction works, and I reference this because I used to work in the alcohol and drug uh, field many years ago and learned an awful lot there about life itself. Um, and one of the things that, uh, that uh, they talk about is doing the program one day at a time so that you don't say, I'm never going to drink again. You say, today, I'm not going to drink. So when, it's the same exact thing with a goal that we have. I want to have peace for the rest of my life. Well, that's fine. But what are you doing today? Doing, thinking, feeling, acting. What are you doing today to get peace today? If you're not doing it today, tomorrow, not likely to happen. Uh, because today is all we've got. So uh, paying attention to that thing about today, paying attention to the actual doing behavior, paying attention to... Um, that that commitment is much more important and works much more effectively than trying to make your thoughts be positive all the time or make your feelings be positive all the time because, again, you're just repressing all the other things that you think aren't positive. Uh, the definitions of positive and negative are dubious arts as well. So that's what we've got for today. That's the end of our show. We're going to be back again next week, and uh, so you want to be here for that. And remember, your job should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself. See you next week. Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time here on the 7th Wave Network. We'll talk again next week.